And now, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Super Guy by Kurt Klopton. Super Guy, the generic alternative. Less superhero hype, same superhero quality. Chapter 13 Look at this! What am I supposed to do about this? yelled Oliver, sort of at Roger and Emma, but mostly at the world in general, all the while gesturing repeatedly at his chest. The barcode symbol of his uniform was obscured by a black stain that covered most of his upper torso and arms. How do I clean this? I don't recall there being any tags with cleaning instructions on anything. I seriously do not want to own anything that's dry clean only. Hell, I don't even want it if it needs ironing. Oliver's yelling echoed around the parking structure where they had retreated after the explosion at the press conference. Oliver was looking at himself in the side mirror of a van. It was no longer attached to the van, since Oliver had broken it off accidentally when trying to tilt it outward. Maybe just some bleach. I like to use a little bleach with my gym stuff, offered Roger. He was pacing back and forth, overflowing with adrenaline after the brush with danger. Okay, sure, I'll throw it in with my sweaty socks. Roger paused momentarily next to Oliver and sniffed. What is that smell? Is that you? Oh, oh, that is not a good smell. A little like asparagus, only after it's been eaten. Is that bomb smell? Do bombs smell like that? Or maybe it's burnt superhero. Roger began pacing again as Oliver sniffed the air around him, then himself. Don't worry about it. You have extra costumes. Uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we can get more if we need them. She was leaning against a nearby car, her briefcase at her feet. You'd think you'd be a little more concerned with the fact someone tried to blow you up. There had been a huge commotion after the bomb went off, with the crowd scattering, people screaming, and the police trying to get some kind of handle on it all. The mayor had been whisked away even before Oliver had managed to climb out of the hole in the platform. The senior police officials had tried to get the police chief away, but he stubbornly refused to leave and began directing the efforts to get control of the scene and safely clear the area. Oliver looked for the man who had thrown the bomb, but he was nowhere to be seen, lost among the fleeing crowd. After a couple of minutes standing in the middle of the chaos... Oliver decided he had better get Emma and Roger away in case anything else were to happen, so he led them back into the building and through to the parking structure. That's when he noticed the mess his uniform was now in. Being able to shake off the excitement of the explosion so quickly and think clearly was an effect of the super serum. Being pissed about the potentially ruined uniform was Oliver's own weirdness. No one tried to blow me up. I wasn't the target. He licked his thumb and rubbed a bit on the stain. It just seemed to move the black gunk around. Seriously, this is brand new! He shook his head sullenly and finally quit looking in the mirror, carefully setting it back in position on the van and pinching some metal to hold it in place. If it was the mayor, then the bad guy didn't have the most accurate arm I've ever seen. Almost hit the mascot. No, it wasn't him either, although they didn't have to be all that accurate with how close we all were together. The police chief was the target. Really? Why? I don't know. I'm new to all this. They stood there for a moment, the only noise being the muffled sounds of occasional sirens. Roger eventually broke the silence, 
still walking back and forth in front of the other two. Well, before now, I would have said it's nice and all to have you as a hero for the city, simply because I love the hero thing. But I'm willing to admit, I wasn't sure if it was really needed. I know it was a political thing, and even though there's a decent amount of crime in this city, I wouldn't say it's exactly hero-worthy. But when people start tossing bombs around, I'm thinking there may be a point to you after all. I thought the point was to ruin Emma's life. No doubt. But it's not a bad bonus to save a few lives, too. Whoa. Is that Emma being nice to me? I don't know if I can handle such a personality change. What can you do? Bombs start going off and attitudes will change. I'll admit, I love it. Bombs, explosions, sirens, you saving the day? It's kick-ass. What a rush. It's a bit closer to home than I like, and I won't be doing any more public appearances with you ever again, but I still love it. Hell, I thought you'd be putting out fires and clearing lanes after traffic accidents. But this is the real thing. I mean, that was a bomb. That was 100% grade A frontline real superhero stuff out there. Enjoying the adrenaline, Roger? Hell yeah, he said, a grin spreading across his face. Roger jumped up and down in place a few times, spinning in a circle. Suddenly, he stopped and took a couple steps backward, staring past a couple of cars. Before Oliver could ask him what it was, the police chief and one of his aides came walking into view. The chief gave Roger a long look as he walked up. His dark eyes seemed perfectly made for those types of looks. Some might call them piercing, especially if he didn't like you. The chief seemed to come to the conclusion that Roger was harmless and turned to Oliver. You don't seem to listen very well. I tell you to stick to saving kittens and you disregard my advice almost immediately. Of course, if he hadn't, I wouldn't be standing here now, so I guess I'll have to be thankful for that. He gave a very slight smile as he took off his hat. He looked to be in his fifties, although the lines of weariness around his eyes added a couple of years. So you were the target. While I can't be 100% certain, I believe so. Look, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this right now because I don't know how private it is. But I want to make a deal with you, my early behavior the contrary. I'm listening. Look, crime has been rising in the city lately, but it's not been normal. More as if there was some, something or someone orchestrating it all from behind the scenes. I've had some selected Texas looking into it, but nothing is ever private on the force, so I don't think our efforts have gone unnoticed. This attack pretty much proves that. My suspicion is that there is something bigger than we've ever dealt with before, because there's just too much happening. Too many odd connections here and there for it all to be simply coincidence. It feels big. If they go as far as to try and take me out, then I think I might be on the right track. It also makes it clear to me that I could actually use a little more help. That's where you come in. And the kittens? Screw them. I'm a dog person. Look, I gave you a bit of a show earlier, but that was for the benefit of the other men. Like I said, nothing ever stays secret on the force, so I'm putting on a very public face of disapproval when it comes to you. Despite my initial, very great unease at getting a hero, I think the reality is that a hero might be just what we need at this time around. Especially one who can do work outside the department. But behind the scenes we'll have a deal. We can share information privately, and you'll have more latitude and secrecy to which to work with than I have. That will be helpful. And if whoever ordered this hit is successful next time, at least we'll still have someone who's going after them. Besides, you just saved my life, so I owe you a little more than being a hard ass. I didn't think you were that bad. Maybe a little crotchety. Uh, your hat's probably too tight. Ha. <laughs> we keep the contact between you and me to a minimum. And when we do talk, it'll be secretly. Frank here, he said, nodding his head at his aide is the only one in my office who will know we have a deal. If I need to talk to you or vice versa, we make contact with your girl there. 
He nodded toward Emma this time. She bristled a bit at the girl part, but didn't say anything. But you never contact me through my office. And if we do see each other in public, we don't get along. Deal? Oliver looked at him for a few seconds. I want two things, he said, waiting for the chief to object. When he didn't, Oliver continued. I want Roger to work here with me full time. Call it technical support or whatever, but I need some help. I'm sure you've got some department money you can use to fund him so you can label it however you want so people don't make the connection. Full time with a 30% increase for hazardous duty. You know, bombs and such. 20%. What else? Oliver tried to ignore Roger jumping up and down in the background and continued. Emma, I want her workload cut down to just handling me. Seems like it's a bigger job than we all thought before. I'll have to trade some favors, but I think I can arrange that. So we have a deal? Yes, sir. Good. I'll be in contact. The chief replaced his hat, turned, and walked away with Frank on his heels. Once he was out of earshot, Roger squealed a little and started jumping up and down again. He grabbed Oliver and gave him a hug. Ooh, 20%? Holy crap, I would have done it for room and board. Emma fended Roger off when he bounced towards her, refusing to give him a hug. I notice you didn't get me more money, she said to Oliver. I thought you were pissed off about too much work, so I focused on that. Sure, but a raise wouldn't have hurt. Still jumping up and down, Roger said, Hey, let's go out somewhere and celebrate. I suppose I could go for a little. You don't have time for going out. You have to get to the airport. It's time for superhero camp. Hey, where there's an airport, there's an airport bar. Or maybe like a Bennigan's. At least the Cinnabon. We can celebrate there. Uh, well, I did pack spare uniforms in my carry-on, and I've got to wait somewhere at the airport. So yeah, let's go. So that's the city's new superhero already earning his pay. Came Susie Shaw's voice from the large plasma wall monitor as the footage of the bomb attack was rerun. And I, among other reporters and innocent bystanders, owe a debt of gratitude to Superguy. That bomb detonated only yards away, and his intervention likely saved us from injury at the very least, if not death. So thank you, Superguy. She spoke this last part with the utmost sincerity her voice full of emotion, her eyes wet, and the camera framing her perfectly with the damaged platform in the background. Gray Matter watched the ongoing local television news coverage of the attempt on the police chief's life from his desk. He was annoyed at the failure, but it would be properly addressed, meaning certain people in his organization would be reassigned to the Mormansk branch. That branch was getting awfully big. Gray Matter might even consider another try at the police chief, but he wasn't sure just yet. He was mostly intrigued by this surprise twist. He knew the event was to introduce Milwaukee's newly created superhero, and, like many others, he was aware the motivation behind the appointment was purely political. He had seen the superhero position description himself. He had a copy right there on his desk. This hero was bargain basement material. Yet, there he was, right up on the plasma in high definition, thwarting Grey Matter's plans the very first day on the job. The villain sensed this was no fluke. The police chief wasn't his only obstacle. There was a new hero in town, and now it seemed his plan to take over the world might actually be challenged. And how about that costume? I saw the mock-ups when they announced the position and thought it was a bit silly, but he seems to pull it off. What do you think? Gray Matter muted the television and pressed the call button on his intercom, 
asking for Alex to come into the office. He knew what he had in the police chief, but this super guy was an unknown quantity. He needed more information, some kind of assessment. A formidable adversary can often push a man to even greater heights, and Gray Matter was intrigued at the thought of having such an adversary. As the door opened on the far side of the office and Alex entered, Gray Matter made his decision. He would start simply with a test. He would bring in some outside talent to see what this super guy could do. You have been listening to Super Guy by Kurt Klopton, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Look for the sequel to Super Guy coming this September. This recording, characters, and the situations within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. If you wish to listen to more episodes in advance, search patreon.com, then faux fiction audio, and sign up to be a monthly patron. Or stay tuned until the next week for your free episode. We will see you then.